You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. This message is being broadcast over the emergency alert system at the request of the New York football giants. This is not a test. Please remain calm and stand by for the following important information. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Oh, Grump, we have some major news to talk about, and it's not just this new fancy microphone I have. No, nor this brand new apartment. You're looking at the infant stages of uh, Grump Studios 3.0, which is probably why I'm... I, I'm going to bet right now a little echoey on this one, but uh, once I put some stuff up on the walls, it'll sound a lot better. What is that big news? The big news is the Giants have a defensive coordinator. Hell yeah. Wink Martindale. You know, we were... we, we The last episode we did was, uh, you know, kind of just recapping things with um, the defensive coordinator search as Patrick Graham kind of quit. I guess is is the way I phrased it. it. It's kind of a mean way to phrase what happened, but it kind of felt it's, like he walked out on the team a little bit. It's the truth. Yeah. He quit. I mean, I, I'm not going to take it nearly as personally as the Cranky fan will, but uh, it does <laughs> suck because it kind of seemed like he had agreed and then backed it's out. Hard. But anyway, what, what can we expect uh, from somebody like uh, joining Josh McDaniel's coaching staff, I guess, right? Yeah, no kidding. Just uh, until the... Until the uh, the ink on the contract is dry, and even after that, you know, just better handcuff him to the office once he gets exactly. In there. And you know, something we don't want someone who's just being handcuffed and forced beyond their will. So let's we'll just move on. And uh, this was definitely one of the guys. I know we did our you know our preview of the guys that were under consideration. We both gave thumbs up to. So yes, yeah. So I mean, the best thing about Wink Martindale is simply that he's not Jim Schwartz. Um, and I say that only because I truly thought that there was a serious chance that that's where we were going, and I really just didn't want to do that. Um, so that's just a selfish reason. I do think Jim Schwartz would have done a good job. It, I just I don't think that's the direction we wanted to go in. Um, what, was the, uh, what was the term you called him? Uh, I think it was dick-faced asshole. That might have been it. Uh, I, it's, it's a completely non-analytical thing to say, but it, I hate his face, you know? The dick face fits. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. No, but, but Wink Martindale subscribes to theories that I, I agree with, um, and his record, I think, uh, speaks for itself. Wink Martindale is, uh, I think he was the oldest candidate that we interviewed. Uh, he's 58, but by the, the start of the season, he'll be 59 years old. Um, Previously, from 2018 to 2021, he was the Ravens' defensive coordinator. He was only ever a defensive coordinator one other time uh, at the NFL level, and that was with the Denver Broncos um, in 2010. So that was the last year of Josh McDaniel's staff, ironically, huh? Um, And, uh, you know, that was terrible. I mean, mean, that team was bad for a number of different reasons. Josh McDaniels kind of got fired for, you know, he had his own... Uh, issues with uh, scandals and, and and that sort of thing, but they ended four and twelve. But not only that, the defense was flat, bad. It was bad. I mean, they ranked 
at the very bottom of the league in, in a lot of defensive categories, but they didn't rank even in the middle for like any. Um, and then so he took 2011 off and in 2012. 2012, he joins the Baltimore Ravens as a linebacker's coach, a position he held for five years, 2012 to 2017. I guess that's six years, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that he had anything to do with it, but in 2012, the Baltimore Ravens did win a Super Bowl. Um, where he worked alongside DB coach Terrell Austin, by the way. I think that's kind of interesting, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and uh, he, he held that position through 2017. Like I said, there were, the Ravens kind of had a flatline period there, a bit of a lull as uh, Joe Flacco kind of tapered off after that Super Bowl run there. They had right. some bad finishes there, 5-11, and 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. And then uh, Dean Pease retires in 2018. He retires because I think it was only for like a year. He's currently with the Falcons. Um, and Wink Martindale was promoted. And I'm not saying he had anything to do with it, but going from 9-7 and seven to 10-6, and six, they lost the wild card. But they did set a franchise record for sacks in a single game against Tennessee with 11. That's actually insane. Um, and, you know, 2019, they go 14-2. and 12, 14 and 2. 2020, they go 11-5. and 5. Um, And then it comes to last year where they go 8-9. and nine. They had a ton of injuries. Uh, LJ Fort, uh, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Derek Wolf, Deshaun Elliott, all lost in IR. Uh, some of that blame is to Wink Martindale's system, which we'll get to in a moment. But... The point is, is for those first three years, they ranked in the top five in defense in just about every category. Um, and it wasn't until 2021, this injury-riddled season that they had, that they kind of plummeted. And, and I mean, they weren't bottom in the league either. I mean, I think they were in like the low 20s or something like that, which is pretty bad, but closer to the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you can, you can blame a lot of that, I think, on the injuries. I mean, that's at least my takeaway from it. Sure. I agree. Um, The interesting thing about a Wink Martindale defense is how blitz-happy it is. We've been hearing it all day that it's a blitz-happy defense, and I think a lot of fans, Giant fans are kind of happy we're getting him, but they're also a little concerned about we tried to, you know, be blitz-happy at the beginning part of this year, and it didn't work. Um, I think we need to remind everybody that this coaching staff, Wink Martindale was not brought in for this current roster. They are going to be in the process of completely overhauling this roster, offense, defense, everything. So just because this team right now doesn't have an edge rusher or this team had trouble, you know, trying to get any sort of consistent, you know, pressure on a quarterback and by blitzing, that doesn't mean that it's a bad idea bringing him in because it may not be a fit with this current roster, the way it's set up. They are now going to, and you'll see it in the way that they draft and move forward and rebuilding this whole team to fit what he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I, I saw somebody say that they love the hire but hope that we don't become as blitz-happy as the Ravens were. And I have to say that I really don't understand what that means. I don't know how you can say that sentence. That's just like saying that you love sex but that you are saving it for marriage. I, I don't know what that – how can you like the hire and not want to blitz? I mean that, that – <laughs> the only thing to like about Wink Martindale is his system. I don't know what else you can like about him and his system relies on blitzing a lot. Um, but you know, I, I, I'd be curious to see if a lot of people were you know, 
interested in hiring Brian Flores for the position or, or liked his defense in Miami or anything like that because it's, I mean, he had more success with it in, in Baltimore, but, I mean, they do a lot of the same things. They crowd the line of scrimmage with a bunch of bodies and get really creative with where the people are actually coming from. I mean, you might have six guys at the line of scrimmage and you might drop, I don't know, uh, four of them into coverage and have only one, uh, two guys rush, and then have two guys from the corners rush in or something like that. I mean, he really will disguise things and bring things from all over the place. I don't know what else there is to like about him, but his blitzing. Um, I, I I understand the concern if you're connecting it to the beginning of last season, where we tried to bring pressure and leave guys in man coverage and press coverage and things like that, and it didn't work out. But I mean. We tried a lot of things last year that didn't work out. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why you'd saddle yourself to, to that. It, it's it's quite frankly the same problem we have with everything else is personnel and coaching. I mean, we didn't have the right stuff for that. And and offense impacts defense. A defense well, can only play to what the scoreboard allows. And the other thing that, you know, it may be in 2022 and maybe even 2023 a, a step back before a step forward because if you're going to be this blitz happy, you better have a good secondary. You'd be able to play good man coverage and, and uh, with, with your cornerbacks. And there's a very good chance that, you know, a guy like James Bradbury may not be back next year because of salary cap issues. Uh, so... It seems kind of counterintuitive. Why would you get rid of him if this is the type of defense we're going to be running? But again, we need to upgrade the entire talent on this team all the way up. And there's going to be some tough decisions that are going to be made. Decisions are going to be made for the long term, not for just next year. I mean, Giant fans, we hate to keep saying it, but you're going to have to show patience. And, you know, if you don't see a win-loss record next year that's significantly better, that does not reflect that this team is going to be headed in the right direction. And that be, may be one of the, the key examples we can point to is that they have to do some subtraction due to cap reasons to get better, you know, two, three years down the road. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better than uh, if you had read my notes. Uh, but, but you're right. I mean, guys, look, Martindale likes to blitz a lot. He's constantly going to send blitz with a crowd of light of scrimmage. There might be no help up top. There might be just the one safety up top. I mean, it's predicated on aggressive and disciplined downhill rushes, and it's going to rely on a lot of press coverage skills. So guys like Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson, I would say Logan Ryan, Aaron Robinson, uh, even Tay Crowder, uh, Rodarius Williams, these guys look good in this system. I mean, it, it plays to their strengths of being aggressive, you know, being physical, good quality press coverage skills um, and, and, and blitzing ability. Um, James Bradbury, he can do some of that stuff. You know, he is not pigeonholed into being his own corner, but it's truly where his strengths lie. And with his cap number this year, it is possible that we see him gone. But I don't think it's necessarily as written into stone as some people I'm seeing say. I mean... I think there's other ways to spread his cap around, and I do think that he is a valuable asset to the team in coverage situations. Um, and I, you know, we've chronicled enough that this offense needs so much help that you could probably go this whole draft and offseason in general with the money that they have um, and completely ignore the defense and 
dump it all into offense and still not be a very good team. You know what I mean? So right. um, it's possible that James Bradbury stays here, but it certainly makes his uh, – it's the probability of him returning, you know, there was some percentage that he was going to get cut anyway. That percentage of him getting cut just went up a little bit. I mean, that that can't be denied. Um, but I agree with you. There's going to – in order to make this system work, they're going to need serious help at it at all levels of this defense. So I don't expect them to be able to afford a roster that both that put both puts up big points and is lights out defensively in one year. So I, I think they can adequately build a roster that doesn't necessarily do well statistically by the end of the season, but it's really fun to watch. Like uh, We'll see the pressures. We'll see the sacks. We'll see increased interceptions, but we're also going to see busted coverages, you know, big plays here and there. I don't think they're going to be able to field a roster that's, you know, that Ravens first in the NFL defense right away. And let's put it in perspective, too. When we say he likes to blitz a lot, that doesn't mean they're going to blitz on 97% of the, you know, of the plays happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be targeted. It's going to be, you know, based on situation and scenario, but it's going to be much more than the league average is going to be. But it's not going to be every play, okay, they're just coming full, you know, full speed ahead after the quarterback, too. So don't go, don't get that perception that, like, it's this extremely exotic defense where it's, you know, go for broke every single time. Do you think this affects the Giants' offseason plans as far as player targeting? I mean, obviously they were going to acquire a guy here and there to fit whomever system came in, but do you think that now... Do you think that anything has been altered in terms of uh, emphasis on defense because of this? I think... I would not be surprised if you see us dipping into the secondary in the draft more than I would have before today. I think, uh, you know, people think that the secondary is in pretty good shape. The corner is in pretty good shape. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a corner drafted higher than we expect now because of this, because the emphasis is going to be on that back end to be solid and be very good. So I think I think you might see, you know, that wasn't, you know, we always do our, you know, our informal top five positions of need for the draft. I think cornerback has gone up a little bit more. I mean, obviously they needed an edge rusher. You know, that goes kind of without saying, regardless of what the, what the defense is. But I think the scheme they want to get to, they are going to make sure that the, the back end is fortified. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I mean, I had already kind of predicted that, uh, you know, in the first round they could be targeting a guy like Devin Lloyd to man the middle of that defense uh, in place of Blake Martinez in general. But, like, also they need that guy. Um and uh, I think that's more on the table now than it was before because I, I think a middle linebacker is, is really important for a defense like that. Somebody to communicate things. It doesn't necessarily have to be the middle linebacker, but I could see him fitting into that system very well and, and being a unique guy that doesn't come around from time to time. But I had already predicted some uh, some level of emphasis on the defense. Uh, but I think you're right. I think we're in those later rounds, you know, throwing throwing numbers at corner, safety. You know what I mean? I don't think I think you can get a downhill hard hitting safety late in the draft and I think that will, you know, where you might be saying I think you can get a good, you know, change of pace running back late in the draft, you might just switch and say let's get the safety, you know? Uh we might need it more right now. So, uh yeah, I think I think that some some things changed a little bit here. And they signed him. It's been reported to a three-year deal. So it's some level of commitment there. Um, 
which again, that's what I was looking for. Again, I didn't want a guy to come in here and then dip after a year. Now, of course he could, but I don't really expect him to do so well with us next year that he's garnering multiple head coaching offers. Um, I think and, you're gonna hear. I yeah. think you're gonna hear kind of like the some of the fan base griping and complaining about this defense. I think because you know until we have the the, the right personnel for it and better personnel, I think it's gonna struggle at first. Yeah, and and um, to add to that, one thing that uh, I said earlier that said we get back to is some people blame a little bit of his system for those injuries. Um, by constantly sending guys from the secondary in on blitzes. And, you know, they're not always, when I say that, they're not always getting a free rush at the quarterback. I mean, that means taking on a guard sometimes or a tackle um, or a blocking tight end or a fullback. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, some people blamed uh, his system for putting guys on IR. So if we start seeing guys get hurt on blitzes, I'll never forget. I'm pretty sure that it was Perry Fuel's First year in this system, 2010, for the Giants as defensive coordinator and preseason. And now, you know, 2010 was the year where they they almost made the playoffs. The miracle of the Meadowlands two, among other late, yeah, thanks, thanks late, for that whatever. That. That, that was a good team. I was super excited about that team. And in preseason, we saw Perry Fuel bring mm-hmm. dial up one of his crazy blitzes, and he sent Terrell Thomas in on a blitz, and uh, like. He and JPP met at the quarterback, and like the way he swung his leg, it just bonked it to JPP. Second torn ACL, and Terrell Thomas was never the same again. Right. And I, he was borderline Pro Bowl at that point. Um, so fans start seeing shit like that. If a Dory Jackson gets knocked out for the year, being sent on a crazy blitz, I can absolutely see Giants Twitter losing it. Mm-hmm. But. Rome wasn't built in the day. This defense isn't going to be built in the day. Dable's offense is going to be built in the day. Neither is Joe Shane's Giants. So I am not in this for the 2022 only season. I'm in it for the long haul. And to me, the long haul, Wink Martindale was the choice that I would have been most happy with. I actually would have liked Sean Desai as well, I think, from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I think the one thing I like about all of these hires is just the pool of candidates I was impressed with and i thought they all came from the pedigree i was looking for and uh you know you're starting to split hairs a little bit between i know some people were just they were all in camp martindale or you know whatever to me it was it was a good selection you see your pool of candidates and you like pretty much all it's like okay let's make sure we get one of them and we, we did i think for all of the hires you know the the from the head coach down to the coordinators, I think they've done a really good job. And uh, again, this is the off season. Everybody wins the off season. We'll we'll revisit this at the end of year one, year three. We'll see. But uh, you know, I am as uh, guardedly optimistic as I ever can be when you are rebuilding your front office and your coaching staff, and you are starting a rebuild. Yeah, I think I agree. Um... You know, getting Joe Shane is kind of number one guy in the list. Getting Brian Dayball is probably the number one guy in the list. Um, bringing in Mike Kafka is interesting because uh, I don't anticipate him going anywhere. I mean, him becoming this offensive coordinator, he gets to run basically Brian Dayball's offense. Mm-hmm. 
So he's pretty much stuck here as offensive coordinator, I think, for a little while. It's not like he's going to be getting head coaching calls, um, right. especially if he's running somebody else's offense. So suffer from the same thing that Eric Bieniemy is, kind of, a little bit. Um, and and Wink Martindale, I, I love that hire as well. So, I mean, really is, I, I'm feeling pretty A-plus about the hires. My only question for you is, uh, apparently Rob Ryan is being ta- uh, tapped for a job on this staff. Uh, how does that rub you? I mean... <laughs> Does it rub means, you the wrong, Ryan? Or? So that means we get to see him on the sidelines 25 times a game because he Because he's fat, hair. has long hair and yells. Yeah, which goes completely against our thing of we're getting all these bald guys. I don't it know. sure does, and I gotta say, Wink Martindale's hair is disgusting me standing next to the uh, the beauty of Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka and that. I mean, maybe they're token guys. You have to bring in guys with hair. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Got to, got to bring him in for a second interview. You can't have a whole staff of baldies. I mean, again, the guy is going to be a uh, linebacker coach, correct? They're looking at Rob Ryan. I, it, it would be a position coach, and since it's, it won't be a DB's coach, so I'm fine. So, so let's not get too crazy about really the ultimate influence of him. It's not like this is not going to be a, a Rob Ryan defense. He's, he's a football mind who's brought in to, to teach a specific position. You know, and that's all it really is. You know, yeah, I agree with you. He's not, he doesn't have a, a, a job that I think is going to make or break games, but I do get to see media sessions of him, and that will entertain me. It's win-win, I think. I, if that sort of thing entertains you, then, then congrats. Hey, <laughs> I, you know what? If a soundbite can become a meme, then I can become famous. Um, I guess that's all I got Maybe from that. <laughs> it's late. I'm tired. I've been moving for two days. Give me a break. All right, I got any closing thoughts? Or are we good? I think we're good. Uh, yeah. You know, we have pretty much. Is that all of the uh, the coaching hires we have? Is there any, other than those two that we think are pretty much done? Or it's, what do you mean those two? Like Rob Ryan and and him? Yeah, I mean, wasn't there another? Uh, Brian Cox is being tapped as well. Brian Cox is the other one, correct? Yeah. Um, I don't know what to think about that. I have I have no opinion really of position coaches for the most part, especially ones that haven't coached in a while. He's a former player. I don't know. People were like, he's gonna bring the nasty. It's like, maybe I don't know. Will he? What does that even mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean aren't, aren't we? Box? Like, 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 look here. Here's my box of nasty. <laughs> no, it's like it's like um, um, Space Jam, where it's Mike's secret stuff, and he just puts the label over the Gatorade and gives it to everyone, and they all feel confident. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us. We will see you guys in just a couple of days with another episode. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants.